0: If we don't rally around to look at the challenges facing this function and how we can support it to become better and therefore help build a more resilient economy.
2: So what are the highlights of uh, this 2023 survey?
0: Yeah, as you uh, indicated in your introduction, about 90% of respondents whom really constitute a significant number of procurement practitioners around the country it indicates having observed some procurement fraud in one way or the other uh, in their organisation, and that is very, very significant. Yeah. And among some of the types of fraud, they mentioned matters like conflict of interest, collusion, uh, procurement rigging, among others. And this is a real source of concern because, as a nation, we should be looking to maximise the use of our scarce resources, and and it becomes therefore important that. Um, Respondents as well as stakeholders pay attention to the findings uh, from this survey. Some of the other uh, important uh, revelations have to do with lack of access for support from uh, from, from management or the top, as well as access to channels to be able to uh, get support, assuming uh, practitioners come under pressure, which is more or less a daily occurrence. Uh,
2: You looked into the private sector and the private sector as well. I want us to begin with uh, the public sector. I mean, what did you find there?
0: Okay, so um, both in the public and the private sectors, uh, it's it's quite evident that uh, the procurement function, uh, you know, has become increasingly important and always comes under some sort of a strain or pressure uh, when uh, tenders are being put out. But the scripted thing about the public sector in particular is the limited access mm. uh, for support where uh, professionals in this space uh, want to have access to be able to air their concerns or indeed report uh, fraud, uh, as, as the case might be. And if our respondent was uh, bold enough as, as far as to go, that there should be uh, a regulatory uh, body set up specially to support procure- procurement professionals uh, because of the kind of uh, pressure that they come, up, they come under. And whereas in the private sector, uh, a number of institutions have improved their governance practices, uh, giving uh, access to anonymous whistleblowing channels, and as well as setting the right on at the top in the public sector, uh, it's not so much. And therefore, uh, practitioners continue to face a lot of challenges in terms of carrying out their work independently and effectively.
2: Yeah. Uh, Comparatively, is the situation any better in the private sector?
0: Um, not, not well. Like I said, in the private sector, because of the uh, support systems from the top, because of improved corporate governance, as well as uh, access to... Uh, whistleblowing, as well as anonymous channels of reporting whenever uh, misconduct or fraud is spotted. Um, Maybe they are able to fare somehow better. Besides, management continues to uh, support the professionals in this space by by, by, uh, uh, instituting periodic uh, control reviews, as well as uh, building the capacity of their staff. Of course, in the public sector, this also happens. But to what effect? if uh, these are counted by pressures from the top, as well as some other prominent quarters.
2: Uh, Let's talk about the use of technology in uh, reducing procurement fraud, because the government was uh, supposed to fully implement the Ghana electronic procurement system this year. I'm just wondering how far this would go in improving uh, procurement practices and reducing fraud.
0: That is an important question, Daryl, and uh, all over the world, Uh, studies have shown that where uh, procurement practices have been digitalized, or um, as they call it, electronic procurement systems have been introduced, it has enhanced the practice of uh, procurement within those uh, jurisdictions. And In fact, uh, they even say that currently in Ukraine, when they were invaded by Russia, uh, they were still able to kind of sustain their economy because they are already digitalized procurement practices. So e-procurement is a big deal. And we are informed that back in 2019, His Excellency, the Vice President, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, uh, supported the launch of an e-procurement process uh, system in Ghana uh, with the P- Public Procurement Agency as the implementing agency. And so far, I believe it has gone well from what we've heard. And uh, we're also informed that implementation would have been completed this year. That we don't know about, but we believe it becomes very key to also conduct a post-implementation review of this uh, system that has been implemented to ensure that it works and works very well because at the end of the day, if we're able to get it right, it will go a long way to save a lot of uh, scarce resources, uh, eliminate wastage, reduce corruption, and get overall value for money uh, for whatever we put our resources to in this country.
2: And uh, what other recommendations are you making based on your findings?
0: Well, I mean, beyond um, continue to build capacity and, uh, and invest in prof- procurement professionals, we believe it's, it's, it's useful that management periodically uh, constitutes, uh, you know, uh, audits into the effectiveness of procurement practices so that the control systems that continuously are are rolled out are enhanced to improve the overall uh, enhancement of this function. There's also the need to continue to support the Ghana Institute of Procurement and Supplies. Uh, It's a relatively new body, and I know that they are also trying to get the support of Parliament to improve on their mandates within the system thereby empowering their uh, professionals to be more uh, confident and to be more bold in carrying out their, their work in a very, very effective and professional manner.
2: All right. Thank you for your time. Andrea kutu there, his partner, Advice here at KPMG. Um, appreciate your time with us. Now, a new Thank ride-hailing you. service called Supreme Taxi has been launched in Ghana. The Supreme Taxi app, according to owners, has a competitive advantage over other ride-hailing services, as it has a unique inbuilt tracking features that ensures the safety of both passengers and drivers. According to customer support officer Supreme Taxi Gloria Aite, drivers of the company are rigorously assessed to ensure that uh, they have a good customers have a good transport experience. Here's more
3: from the launch dedicated transport management portal for companies, and Ghanaian users, which has a lot of unique features. The app provides maximum security to customers, as it encompasses features that can help track vehicles in times of emergency. In an interview, Customer Support Officer Supreme Taxi Gloria Aite said the company is interested in the safety of customers, and that informed the decision to assess drivers who utilize their services.
2: Supreme Taxi is a Ghanaian taxi wrap and basically we're just trying to ease the pain of drivers and we're trying to give them great commission to help them earn a great living. Safety is our most top priority here at Supreme Taxi. We have vigorous vetting processes that we've taken our drivers through and we also have excellent customer support and we have inbuilt tracking features that really help you know the passenger and the rider to ensure safety with
3: our riders. A driver, Michael Johnson, urged other drivers to use the app in order to enhance their living conditions.
1: Supreme is starting the lowest commission rates in the market, 15%. And as a driver, I've been able to make 500 cities aside from sales. So I've been able to get 300 cities for completing 10 trips a week as a driver and i've been able to refer to two of my friends which has downloaded the supreme app and also come on board so i've gotten 200 cities all aside my daily sales so supreme driving with supreme has really been nice the the supreme app is very easy as a driver easy to go through easy to register simple requirements and faster registration and in fact supreme is really amazing the supreme is bringing something new and unique the town, so I, be, I will urge my fellow drivers to come on
3: board. Supreme, enjoy this free 300 cities. Riders are short of a 30% bonus of their first five trips, while drivers stand the chance to earn 15% commission on their first ten trips. <laughs>
2: all right you're watching the marketplace we're taking a short break we have some more stories afterwards
0: up for grabs for one rough diamond is the chance to be propelled onto the world's Coolest catwalks and most amazing magazines. I'm backing Ghana to give one rough diamond the opportunity to propel onto the coolest catwalks and fashion magazines in the world. This is a journey of discovery for the nation's most promising model. Hi, I'm Stella Larby, and I'm Africa's model scout.
2: back to The Marketplace. Now, this week, the conversation about spaces for our music creators is back in the fray. Ghanaian musician Kofi Kinata called off his annual Made in concert for the second time in a row. This resulted from the inaccessibility of spaces such as the Jubilee Park and the Takwadi Technical University Park. But should the issue of venues be a problem in 2023? Culture journalist with myjoenline.com. Um, Kenneth Darko has some answers for us on today's edition of Show Business.
1: Ordinarily, one may think that cancelling a show is just a very simple move that, you know, can be taken because there's always another day for another performance. But for a team, a management team of an artist to come to the decision to call off a show must have taken some level of thinking and, you know, the fact that they could not do much about it. I mean, it's the last resort that any artist or management would want to go in terms of having that, you know, one-on-one time with their audiences. So this is one of those instances where the artist would have been able to engage his, you know, fan base in that intimate level. And it also goes beyond that because if you look at the importance of having live performances, it goes beyond just the intimacy. There's money to be made. There's some revenue that can go into, you know, uh, the creation process and also some revenue from and for instance, that are going to go to the artists and their management to be able to help them recoup from the, you know, the the, the expenditure that they may have made throughout the year, creating the music that it creates, that the audiences love. So basically... And the significance is very huge and goes beyond just you know that intimate you know feeling that they have with their fans as well i mean there's also a, a very you know huge economic impact that comes along because some of these events wherever they are held there's you know a lot of commercial activity around the event itself and then you know you find vendors over there you find people who are artisans everyone is you know involved in the process i mean there's so much job that's created in those constituencies where musical concerts are held from a day-to-day basis so it goes beyond just having you know a good time with the artists but there's also a lot that's to be lost in terms of revenue when it comes to you know artists cancelling their shows generally there are indicators to show that these are not just mere claims i mean there was a research that was conducted back in 2020 that projected Um, some revenue increases in terms of worldwide live uh, music sponsorship revenues and was expected to hit some $6.28 billion by the year 2024. Now, in 2020, when COVID-19 hit, um, there was some steep decline in physical, you know, performances and, you know, because of the, the limits on a physical interaction, basically. So the revenue projections uh, as of 2020 went down because there was no, you know, so much performances during that year, basically. But, the, the you know, uh, restrictions have been removed and there are now like performance among others and so it's expected that, you know, this projection is going to be reached by the year 2024. And so you can imagine how much Ghana or Africa is losing in terms of revenue you by not focusing that much on creating these conducive atmospheres for you know these kinds of musical interactions to take place in the various regions.
2: I to journalist um, Kenneth Awajudako on challenges with space ahead of Christmas festivities. Before we go, um, let's check out the latest headlines on our website myjoonline.com forward slash business. Uh, we are hopeful Ghana. Um, official Creditor Committee can reach agreement soon. IMF, we brought you their story. Also, list of 10 African countries with highest debt to the IMF. Ghana is the seventh. You can read more on that this weekend at myjoinline.com forward slash business. My name is daryl Powell. Thanks for watching the marketplace. Enjoy your weekend.